Welcome to Joe Picks, an NFL team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his San Diego Chargers, is evaluating all 32 NFL teams to find out who he should root for next season. For the first half of today's doubleheader, we conclude our avian mascots with the Baltimore Ravens. After this episode, they will either move on to the Sweet 16 or Joe will reject them and we will see them nevermore. Hit it, Jeff. Chargers fucked him over, wasn't that mean? So now he's starting over, picking a team. Joe makes the ratings, but Dan does all the work. Woody visit, Woody cheer, each and every single year. Are the fans an angry mob? Root with them, but not with Rob. Drink the city's local booze while you wait for Joe to choose. Joe picks an NFL team. Dan, how's it going? Joe, it feels like it's been forever since we've recorded a podcast. You know, it has been. And Dan, in the last episode, we asked our fans to put us on a schedule to finish before the beginning of the season. And, and then we, you know, took a week and a half break or whatever. I think you and I, Dan, are the only two people in the country who know how George R. R. Martin feels. Where, you know, there's all this pressure for him to finish the book before the next season of the show starts. And at first the fans are like, maybe he can do it. Maybe he'll figure it out. He must have a plan. There's probably like a secret manuscript somewhere. And then he's just, you know, he's trying, but he doesn't want to compromise his art. And Dan, I think you and I are the same way. We don't want to compromise the art of this podcast by rushing it on anyone else's timeline. Please speak for yourself, Joe, because <laughs> I've got some ideas that involve heavily compromising it. But uh, we'll get to that. We, we In the last time, we, we asked our fans to send us timelines of important events, and many of them obliged. And I've got some key dates, some key times, some mathematical calculations, Joe, to just figure out how badly we will fail. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, though, in Game of Thrones... It, He's like giving up. We're not giving up. No, no, no. But but I think that we face similar challenges in, you know, having a timeline of the start of a season that it really has nothing to do with our product. I mean, it has a little bit to do with it. It sort of has a lot to do with it, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much the whole purpose. Yeah. So anyways, we'll get to that very shortly because that is that's going to be uh, coming in the mailbag. But Joe, before we get to the mailbag, what uh, what are we drinking? Dan, we are drinking a nice glass of cognac. Do you have your cognac, Dan? Uh, no. No, I do not. I am drinking a nice glass of Pinot Noir. Well, it's wine, at least. French wine as well. So I'm drinking a nice glass of cognac, and cognac is uh, a type of brandy dating back to the 16th century that uh, is only made in the cognac region of France. Now, Dan, do you have any idea why we're drinking cognac for the Baltimore Ravens? If you know, this would be a thousand Joe Bucks. This is a deep, deep cut here. Thousand Joe Bucks. Well, uh, I'm guessing it probably has more to do with the Raven than Baltimore because I'm trying to think about Baltimore. I don't know if it's much of a cognac town. So, I, Thousand I, Joe Bucks up for grabs here, Dan. Come on. I have no idea. Well, famous Baltimorean, oh, Edgar no. Allan Poe. Oh, okay. Well, we're close For there. whom the Ravens are named. Some say his favorite drink was cognac. But more importantly, there's this great story about the Poe toaster. Have you ever heard about the Poe toaster? I have not. So for 70 years... 
a shadowy figure dressed in black with a wide-brimmed hat and a white scarf would go to Edgar Allan Poe's grave on January 19th, Poe's birthday, and would pour himself a glass of cognac and raise a toast to Poe's memory, then vanish into the night, leaving three roses in a distinctive arrangement and an unfinished bottle of cognac. Hmm. And they never found out who this person was. People tried to catch him. They tried to find him and take pictures of him. Still a mystery. Seems like catching him wouldn't be that hard if you know exactly when and where he's going to show up. Yeah, and drinking cognac and leaving a bottle is not like an inconspicuous thing to do. I have to guess that they weren't really trying that hard to catch this person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not putting the best and brightest on the catching. Just letting the myth live on. So 70 years running, stopped in 2010, and then this past year in 2017, the Edgar Allan Poe Historical Society has now uh, restarted the tradition. Not very nice. Random people. Well, you're restarting or starting the tradition of what maybe every Ravens game you'll pour yourself a nice glass of cognac as you settle in to watch your team play. Absolutely. All right. Well, that settles the cognac. Keep it moving right along. We've got a lot to cover, Joe. And if, if I've got my facts correct, you woke up this morning in New York City, hustled as fast as you could to get to Seattle, going through space and time, and are doing this on East Coast time where it is extremely late. Yeah, and add to that that I traveled with three kids, so couldn't really relax on the plane, and that our baby woke up at 6 in the morning on the East Coast, so I also woke up early there. So Wow, Joe, we're just beginning. But, Joe, I think you can do it. I'm going to power through, Dan. I have a lot of energy now, and... You know, I may, if I go quiet, I might just be napping at parts of the podcast, but just, you know, jolt me awake. All right. (laughs) Noted. Uh, Getting into the poll. Getting right into the poll, Joe. Before I tell you the results, I'm going to give you some some select feedback we got from people. Superfan Josh says, if Lakes win it, it's only because people don't know what a fjord is or haven't seen one. Hashtag fjord life. Hashtag blessed. Superfan Sean said, my girlfriend has voted for Fjord in the poll and said, if it does not win, then, quote, you people suck. And Riley the diabetic, I've lived in Minnesota for 21 years, and I visited Norway for about three months. Lakes and fjords are similar, but I personally like fjords just because they're a lake connected to the ocean. Both are pretty great, though. So, Joe, the, the vocal crowd is all on Team Fjord. There's a lot of passion behind the fjord. People have really thought, thought it through. A lot of passion behind the fjord. And the results are, Joe, with 100% of counties reporting, it's exactly tied. 50% fjord, 50% lakes. Wow. Wow. Right down the middle. And uh, I'm pretty sure when I checked earlier, fjord had a big lead. So I think lake had a Patriot-style comeback to uh, force it to overtime. Wow. But, you know, it's interesting that the lake people were like a silent, well, not majority, but a silent voting block that didn't really need to talk about their vote, but was all on board for lakes. Yeah. Very interesting. I, it almost, my girlfriend, when I told her about this tie, she said she would cast a tie-breaking vote, but she did not know the URL for the uh, secret lounge, so she couldn't well, no, do it. Yeah, nor should she. Go back and listen to the back catalog. Yeah, that's what I told her. <laughs> so we still haven't settled the great fjord lake debate i think it's settled it's a it's 50 50 they're both great joe everybody wins 
I don't like that. I don't like that. We we, we still don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> ask it again and be like, only if you didn't vote last time. Season two, Joe picks a body of water is gonna. Yeah, I'm all in on great. Bay Joe. I love the Bay. <laughs> That's good. And uh, speaking, of, you know, Baltimore. Ooh, lovely Bay, Chesapeake Bay. Well, it used to be lovely. I don't know how lovely it is anymore. But, anyways, that aside, the poll is done. We'll figure out a new poll sometime later in this episode or the next one. But moving on, Joe, to the fan mail. Oh, oh, did we have so much fan mail? I mean, maybe because it's been so long since we did the last podcast, but people are emailing and then correcting their emails, and then news was breaking. And I mean, we've even got Raven news breaking up till today, which is going to come in this podcast. But I mean, boy, we got a lot of stuff to get through. So first, we have to go all the way back to the Steelers episode. And uh, Superfan Mike, who is a Steelers fan, and uh, also first among equals of Tony's groomsmen had this to say. I think we talked about this, you know, a long time ago in the Steelers episode about the terrible towel. And he said, while the terrible towel may seem like a total sports gimmick, it's actually one of the better stories in the NFL. In 1996, rights to the towel were transferred to the Allegheny Valley School, a series of campuses designed to help people with disabilities. In that time, the proceeds from the towel have raised more than $4 million for the school. Oh, is that it? That's the whole story? Yeah. That's, that's what do you, I mean, I thought they just gave you the towel when you got there. I didn't know you had to buy the towel. I kind of feel like they should have made more than $4 million by now. Towels aren't that expensive. Yeah. Well, how much do you think? Cause I thought, you know, sometimes I've gone to like basketball games before where you get in your seat and you have like a little, you know, towel that is some color and everybody's got them just sitting on the seat, you know, when you get there. No, 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 no. But you want like the official, like with the Steelers logo and all that. My, my thinking is these towels probably cost like five cents to make. Right. And you could sell the towel for like, you know, like the official, you know, not the knockoff towel, but the official towel for like 25 bucks. Yeah. I mean, if so, then this $4 million is really a joke. Right. And you have to get a new one each game because, you know, you want it crisp. I don't think I know. You, you, you want it? No, you like show off how old, like you've got the version of the towel with like the logos from 10 years ago. That's how you know you're a super, you know, a real fan. Yeah, but if you want to raise some real money for these schools, you have to like each game you have, you know, this time with, uh, you know, with with this or that logo on it or this time with, you know, no, this. Just change the color a little bit. So you're like waving your yellow towel and it's like the wrong shade of yellow. You'll stick out like a sore thumb. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. I think that they could actually be doing a lot more for the Allegheny school. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, put that uh, super fan, Mike, his, uh, his comment has backfired. <laughs> Screw the Steelers, Joe. Sorry, Mike. I know. Why are they so stingy? They're not, they're not marketing these towels to their full potential. Yeah. One thing I will say about the Steelers, Joe, today I tuned into NFL Network for the first time in like eight months. And what was it but a peek into the Steelers training camp? And who was on my TV screen? Antonio Brown, who apparently among the camp is nicknamed AB. And he looked good, Joe. He was running. He was Uh, catching. Nobody could cover him. Love it. AB. It could be Antonio Brown or Alec Baldwin. You don't know. Yeah. Well, it's context uh, specific. (laughs) Superfan Bez says, okay, so now in one of our last episodes, it's been so long I don't even remember what they were, but I think one of them was about the Buffalo Bills. 
He said, how can you not like the poor Bills? Perhaps it's my British love for the underdog, but losing four years in a row and then not reaching the playoffs since 99, wow. I may have found a place in my heart for the poor Bills from Buffalo. They are the antithesis of the Steelers who have won far too often. On a fantasy note, Shady McCoy, Tyrod Taylor, Sammy Watkins, and Zay Jones are my boys this year to lead me to fantasy glory. Even Jonathan Williams is worth a late stash as his upside is huge if McCoy gets hurt. The Bills are essentially the Chargers if they move to New York State. I feel like I disappointed a lot of people by not picking the Bills. I got some of that in-person feedback, too. You know, I can say, look, maybe I was a little bit disappointed, too. But, I mean, tell me which score was off, right? I mean, I think I scored them pretty fairly. I don't think there was anything that I did that was, like, wildly inaccurate or wildly, you know, prejudicial. The fact that they lost four Super Bowls in a row is, like, pretty fucking painful and on the suffering meter of you know they haven't even made the playoffs in 17 years that is rough that's signing up for a really rough road ahead yeah i i i don't think there's much to say i mean i think we we all pity the bills and the bills fans but it doesn't mean you want to become one of them no no and the fact that my super fans would wish that upon me is you know troubling yeah it's cold it's cold Speaking of scoring, Joe, I'm doing my emails out of order here, though, because this is uh, so such a uh, on point based on what you said. Riley the Diabetic here says, hey, Dan and Joe, so I realize that everybody is bringing their talents in with what the bird experts and equestrian experts and whatnot. Yeah. And I was wondering how I could be an expert helper. Well, it turns out I am merely an engineer, and though I write music, Jeff has already done a wonderful job, so in terms of your system of giving ratings, I can't help much. However, I have created something that may help listeners enjoy the podcast more, or even use the podcast to their advantage if they themselves are looking for an NFL team to root for. In engineering, we have weighted decision matrices to decide important decisions, which can range for a lot of things and can often be used outside of engineering. Here's how it works. Let's say we're buying a car. If we want the car to be fuel efficient, sleek, and inexpensive, we rate cars like Joe's rating team. However, Joe may say all of those criteria are the same, whereas I think the fuel efficiency is the most important. Maybe somebody else is rich and doesn't care about the cost, and all they care about is fuel economy and sleek design. According to Joe's rating system right now, we can only assume all ratings are equal. Moving back to NFL teams, what if a listener likes Joe's rankings but doesn't really care what Bobbert thinks? Maybe somebody really cares about liking a team that's morally upright, or maybe somebody doesn't want to root for a team with stupid management and a stupid coach. Well, this can be done now, exclamation point. With the attached Joe Picks an N Excel sheet, you can weigh the ratings however you want, making the podcast more audience friendly as everybody can mess around with the sheet if it was on the site or something. Yes, Riley, I can put it on the site. You can add weight to whatever rankings you wish, and then it's basically... You can rate every ranking how you want, and then it reorders all the teams. And while doing this, he also found an error in my writing of the scores, which means that he's keeping track of the scores himself based on listening to the podcast and noticed that I typed one in incorrectly. So there you go. Wow. What do you think, Joe? The diabetic. That is some serious talent. I love it. I also like the idea that he is scoring it himself. Like He's like one of those when you... You know, when you go to a baseball game and there's always like someone who's like 95 years old who has their own score sheet at the baseball game, <laughs> you're like, Joe, you know, they do that on the scoreboard for you. Joe, I'm offended. I score every baseball game I go to. <laughs> Why do you do that? Why do people do that? It, it, 
ESPN does it for you. There well, are. I'll, I'll tell you what. As somebody who always went to baseball games, and now I go to a lot of baseball, not a lot, but maybe five a year, and I score it every time. I've never actually fully scored a game one time, but every time I go and start scoring the game, everybody around me like assumes that I'm like a really huge baseball fan, and it really gains a lot of. I don't know, credibility and respect with all the people next to you. And multiple times, like I have to go to the bathroom and then I'll just find a random person and be like, oh, hey, can you score this for me? And then people love it. And then they, you, I give it to them and then they'll come back and they'll like tell me their bizarre scoring system. Because it is weird. Everybody has their own techniques for scoring. There's no like one set way to score it. Everybody sort of has their own system. So it's, a, it's fun, Joe. Baseball is pretty boring. It gives you something to do. That is pretty nerdy, Dan. Do you know the numbers, Joe? Isn't it? You know, it's like fun when something happens and you can, you know, you write it down. So, but I just like the idea that the diabetic is doing that, but with this podcast. All right, Joe, if it's a, if it's a ground ball to the pitcher and then they toss it to the first baseman, what does that score it as? I have no idea. Yeah, Joe, you, you sicken me. Well, I guess you're more of an NFL fan. All right. Anyways. Wait, wait, well, hold on. Tell me the answer. What, what does it score it as? Oh, one, three. Pitchers one, first baseman's three. That's why it's oh, like okay. six, four, three, shortstop, second baseman, first baseman, you know. Whatever. It's not for you, Joe. So, so anyways, I'm going to put that on the site, and uh, everybody can download the spreadsheet or put it in Google Sheets and play around with it. And, you know, maybe in the Sweet 16, that'll become important as, you know, maybe you yourself aren't going to want to rate everything equally when you're deciding between the things. Yeah, no, I'm going to use it because there are some of these criteria that I do not care about. Yeah. All right. Now back to the Bills, Joe. During the Bills podcast, we were a little confused about the logo. I have the answer. Superfan Sean, who wants to be known as, quote, elite superfan Sean the Conqueror, cleared it up for us. The Bills logo was actually created by an aerospace designer by the name of Stevens Wright, who considered it one of the greatest accomplishments of his life and mentioned it on his deathbed. The addition of the red stripe was requested by the general manager and vice president of the Bills at the time as a representation of forward accelerated motion. The GM literally requested that the red stripe be added and start from the eye. So, and he sent the original letter that uh, corroborates this. So, the general manager, very uh, micromanagey. But why the eye? Was there any explanation for it? Well, it's like an acceleration concept. I don't know. The, that's what but the general you, manager wanted. But you don't accelerate from your eye. Like I feel like if there were two red stripes coming out of like the upper thigh area, you'd be like, oh, shit, that buffalo is fast. But you do. Your eye and your thighs are all moving at the same speed. What difference does it make? Because the forward propulsion is coming from your legs. That's where like the red. I mean, look, there also aren't red beams that come out of things that are moving fast. I mean, I guess maybe if you have like a red like streamer tied to you. Yeah, but the head is accelerating just as fast as the legs. But it's not causing the acceleration. The legs are the thing that's actually propelling you forward. Well, I mean, your legs are just moving back and forth. It's sort of the ground and some sort of physics that's actually propelling you forward, Joe, if we want to be specific. Right, but the eyes have like the least to do with it. I don't know the least. They show you where you're going. Well, you're not going to accelerate off a cliff or something. So then fine. So then fine fine i'll accept that but then the red line should be going forward because it's helping the buffalo see where it's going <laughs> but then it's not accelerating then it'd be going backwards and then it wouldn't be seeing where it's going no you'd be like oh man that buffalo has like laser vision <laughs> that buffalo is like cyclops 
It would actually be funny to see the logo exactly the same, but with the red switched coming forward from the eye. And oh, there see, would be I think the, I would like, like that a lot more. The laser bills. Yeah, that's actually yeah. interesting. That's interesting. I need to try that. I'll, I'll, I'll get on that. Or if the anybody, laser bills. And yeah. our designer friends are good with Photoshop. I feel like if they were the laser bells, they would have made it through to the next round. That would be pretty cool. I have to admit. I think we're on to something here, Joe. I got into a side conversation. If the bills moved, this was a question that I had. If the bills moved, would they be the Buffalo Bills? Would they be like the San Diego Buffalo Bills? Or would they be the San Diego Bills? I think they just changed the name. Right, but let's say that they didn't. Let's say they were like, we want to keep our Bills heritage. Well, as I was listening to the podcast, I did, you know, the the most famous case of this is the Los Angeles Lakers, who formerly were the, like, Minneapolis Lakers. And then Lakers makes no sense in Los Angeles, but they just kept right. the name. Right. So it would right. either, I mean, I, they would either keep the name, but, I, I mean, does that happen that much in football? Well, I mean, like, the Cardinals were, the Cardinals, they made sense in St. Louis because it was the two Cardinal teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Joe. Yeah, I don't know either. That's why I asked. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so 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 we have some clarity on the logo. This was a specific design choice meant to um, signify velocity, but still not a ton of explanation about why. Okay, Joe, we don't have time to talk about the, the logo. Okay. Logo's closed. Okay. Now, the, the meat of this email and the very important part of this He's got some dates, and he, he even gave me the amount of time necessary. And he wasn't the only one to do it. Lots of people did it. I liked his because he gave these important dates. So, Joe, on August 3rd, three days from today, is the Hall of Fame game, the opening of the preseason. Okay. Okay. So, we're not, not going to get... By then. We're not going to finish by then. So, if... Let's see who's in the Hall of Fame game this year. Isn't it always Isn't the it, Packers versus somebody? I thought it was always a Super Bowl winner versus oh, is somebody. It? I don't know. No, it is going to be the Arizona Cardinals against the Dallas Cowboys. So okay. we were both wrong. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is something, two teams that had that nothing to do with anything. All the time in this podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyways, two teams that are moving on, though, I think. Uh, no, the Cardinals got demoted. Oh, poor Cardinals. They were moving on. No, don't. No one pity the Cardinals. All right. I won't pity them. They're like Reince and the Mooch. Uh, anyways. Poor Mooch. <laughs> poor, anyway, poor so that's Mooch. three days from now. So that's zero weeks from now. In fact, neither of these, any of our listeners who are listening to this already saw that, you know, the Cowboys crushed the Cardinals like 40 to nothing in that game. So then the next, the official preseason starts on August 17th, which is 17 days from now. Okay, we're not going to finish by then either. So that's two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the season's first game is September 7th, which is five weeks from today. Okay. So when he sent this email two weeks ago, he said that basically we had seven weeks until the season started. So we had to do two week. And then that would have given us two weeks to do the final stuff. So now mm-hmm. that's all out the window because mm-hmm. we only have five weeks mm-hmm. left. So after this podcast is done, after today's doubleheader, we'll have 10 teams left. No, no, we'll have eight teams left. We'll have eight teams left and we have five weeks total. So 
Joe, what are we going to do? Superfan Ben adds in a couple ideas. Should we expect Joe not to pick his fandom until the 2018 season? A giant cliffhanger. <laughs> or should his newfound NFL team devotion not be dependent at all on when the season starts? Well, okay. So there's, I'm, I'm of two minds here. On one hand, this is a lot less work for me than it is for you. So we could start doing some triple headers. We could start doing, you know, some lightning round episodes, whatever. Okay. We could probably dispatch with some teams faster than we do. Because look, it's already, you know, 30 minutes in and we haven't even talked about whatever team we're talking about today. Um, Either of the teams. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even, I don't even remember which teams they are yet. All right. So that's one option is we could probably do this a little bit faster, but I don't think our fans want that. The other option is, you know, I don't think going to the 2018 season, but, you know, I'm picking a a fandom not just for the 2017 season, but hopefully for the rest of my life. So if it goes one or two weeks into the regular season, and maybe there's even a way to, like, use some of those early regular season games to actually see some of the final teams in action and actually get a sense for how they play what they look like, like, okay, so I thought the style of play was one thing, but actually watching these teams, it seems more like this or that. So um, maybe it goes one or two weeks into the regular season, uh, and then I jump on board early on. Okay. Well, Joe, it's your podcast series. You can do whatever you want, but here's my proposal. Earlier, I talked about compromising. Here is what I think we should do. Of the eight teams remaining... Four of them are dreadfully terrible, and I have data to back it up. I think we should eliminate all four of them right now. I think we should just knock them out, say they're done, do the final four teams in two doubleheaders over the next two weeks, then do the Sweet 16, whatever podcast, and then do the final episode live in Seattle when we do the fantasy football draft the week before the NFL season starts. And we can do the finale podcast before the fantasy football draft so you know who the team is you're rooting for and then do all our fantasy football drafts, post the thing before the NFL season starts. Everybody's happy. Wow. Wow. That completely compromises any integrity that was in this project. And now for the record, I will give you the teams just so you at least have in your head who the teams I'm talking about and I know this is unfair because I'm rating them entirely based on their performance in both the last five years and the last two years, but here it is. The Jacksonville Jaguars over the last five years have the worst rating in the NFL and the last two years have the second to worst. Now, we actually know they have a non-zero chance of winning their division this year, but still, they're bad. The Los Angeles Rams in the last five years and the last two years are the 28th ranked team. They're terrible. The Chicago Bears, actually quite historic franchise, but in the last five years, they're 26th. In the last two years, they're 29th. They've been terrible. And, oh, and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, my God. The city I live in. In the last five years, they've been okay, but in the last two years, they've been dreadful. 31st best rating and uh, really no, no, nothing redeeming on the pipeline anytime soon. So, you know, these are teams, these are interesting teams. I mean, the 49ers, obviously, historic, as are the Bears. The Jags and the Rams are, uh, you know, pretty dead-end teams, I'd say. But 
it seems unlikely you're going to root for a team that's so bad as as any of these teams but i don't know i mean maybe you you have some um affinity for them i don't know Ooh, yeah the 49ers and the bears seem like tough ones to eliminate off the bat okay okay dan counter proposal we do a 20 minute lightning episode with those four teams quick scores we don't need emails about it we don't need any well unless someone wants to do research for us that's always helpful but we just do quick scores those four teams bang it out 20 minutes see if any of them move on if they do great and then we do the other four we do full episodes how about that well you know now that you say that i had an alternate idea based on that what if we take those four teams and assign one team to a super fan who just does it in like 500 words or something just goes through all the 12 and i will just read them whatever they write for everything concise quick and the super fan can leave their imprint on one of these teams like if somebody's a bears fan there's got to be somebody out there who's a bears fan or knows a bears fan i love it okay you think the super fans would do that i think they would love to do that okay so let's do so our next episode dan is going to be our lightning round episode well, We're I think do- it shouldn't be the next episode. We should give the super fans time to do it. Our next okay. episode, well, maybe it'll be our, our our next next episode. But okay, if there are super fans out there who want to do one through twelve, yeah, even pick the drink. You can drink the w- drink with us. I mean, should we let them? No, no, can't let them on the podcast. That'd be way too much work. Okay, no, pick pick the drink. The bears. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Los Angeles Rams, or the San Francisco 49ers. Which means we're going to have four drinks in this one episode. I have to do the San Francisco 49ers. That's the city I live in. Okay. So I will do that one. Super fans out there, sigh of relief. I'll do the San Francisco 49ers. I know enough about it by osmosis. Los Angeles Rams, Jacksonville Jaguars. I would like to assign the Bears to Sean because I know he's a Packer fan, so I want to hear his opinions on it. All right. All right. So bears are taken. If Sean, what does Sean want fans, to be called again? Wow. Super elite conqueror or something like that. Okay. Jaguars and Rams. Up for grabs. Volunteer. Do the 1 through 12. And I would actually like this too. Put your own rankings for each of the numbers and I will hold them. I'll look at them. Joe won't see them. And then after Joe does the ranking, I will give your ranking afterwards. So we'll see. If you are smarter than Joe, which I guarantee you, you are. So there you go, super fans. And you know what, Joe? This is even great. If none of the super fans want to do them, then we skip them. Great. Right. Done. Love it. So super fan Sean, you have to do the bears. And again, concise. This is lightning episode. A tweet per number. Something like that. Uh, Jaguars and Rams up for grabs. I'll do 49ers. And then the, the other teams are actually pretty reasonable. Actually, I'll throw in the Miami Dolphins or the Detroit Lions if somebody wants to do that. But the other two teams we have to do. And actually, that's I'm not even doing the random number, Joe. Next week, we're doing the Raiders and the Panthers. Those are two very good teams on the rise. Great. All right. Great. Done. Wait. So when should they have their lightning round stuff in? Well... In the, within the well, if you want to do one, send the email in right now. Be like, I want to do this, and then I'll reply back to you and tell you if you want to do that. Great. Now, Joe, I have one final thing before we get started, and uh, maybe you have fan feedback. But super fan Ben made a very offhand comment when he was talking about the various 
issues with waiting too long. He said, because he said, when you guys join our fantasy league, I want to know where Joe stands. Dan, you can have cousins all day. And it made me think, Joe, why don't we have a Joe Picks an NFL team fantasy league where the super fans and us compete? I mean, Joe, I know you have room in your fantasy docket for one more league. I mean, do you think there would be interest? Do you think we could get 16 teams out of our super fans? Oh, interesting. And I have deep knowledge of who Sean's favorite sleeper picks are, too. I know. Well, Sean actually, Sean might not give us the great advice anymore. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, Joe, this is for the fans out there. I'm the commissioner of two leagues that I've just acquired through attrition. One of them is Joe's League, which I'm the commissioner of. And the other one is uh, another league with like Super Fan Tony and others. And I have room for to be the commissioner of a third league. And so I always travel to Seattle and set up both the fantasy drafts at the same time. And why not also do a third draft for the Joe Picks and NFL Team Fantasy League? I think a Joe Picks and NFL Team Fantasy League is a great idea. Uh, Dan, I mean, you're always complaining about how much work this podcast is. Can you handle the the workload of a third league to commission? Joe, as a fantasy league commissioner, expert, the keeper league, that's a lot of work. Wrangling money from people, that's a lot of work. But the Joe Picks and NFL team is not going to be for money. And it's not going to be a keeper league. It's going to be for pride. And, you know, the spirit of Joe Picks a team is every year you get to wipe out whatever you had last year and get a whole new thing. And those leagues, very easy to commission. I'm all in. All right. So this is a super fan league only. So how do people get in? Well, here's what I will do. I am going to, on the secret lounge, I'm going to create a Yahoo Fantasy League, and I am going to put the invite link up on the secret lounge. Anybody who's a super fan who wants to join the league, just join. If the league has 16 teams, so be it. If it has 24 teams, so be it. If it has 50 teams, I don't even know how many teams it can have. But I feel like this is going to be a very popular league for people because they, they actually have you know 22 hours of of evidence of how little I know about football. So yeah, like, oh, I'm going to clean up in this league. And see, Joe, it's so important for me because last year I did the Difecta. I won both leagues, both the leagues I care about. And there's nothing. I've, I've already reached the mountaintop. But this is a new mountaintop to beat yes. all of the super fans. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know we have some smart super fans, so I know it would give me something to live for. So, super fans, I'm going to put that up. Join the league; it's on Yahoo. Deal with it. I think Yahoo's the best. It's of course going to be an auction draft. Whatever, just join. I'm sure a million of you are going to join, and uh, there you go. And it's open. If you're a super fan, it's open to you. If you don't like fantasy, if you do like fantasy, whatever, uh, we want you in the league. Well. You know, I, I want to be in a league with tons of people because if I win like a 24-team league, I'll, I'll feel really proud of it's myself. even better. Yeah. All right, Dan. We're only 45 minutes in. On to the Ravens. Do, do we have any fan feedback first? I do. I do have some fan feedback. I'm going to do the Titans first. All right. Let's hear it. We'll save the bills for the next episode. So, Titans fans. Now, remember, Sean talked up the Titan fan Reddit community. Said it was the best. Uh, shouted out if that I, guy by name. Yeah, that guy, nowhere to be found. 
oh. Titans fan. <laughs> oh, no. Did not like the pod. You know, to be fair, they listened to it. They just did not like that we did not like the team. So I will give you one bit of feedback. Well, that was painful to sit through. 1% positive commentary. 99% is shitting on the team. The owners, the name of the team, the mascot, the logo, the coaches, the town, the division, etc. I don't think we shat on the owner. No. Just sort of lost interest and trailed off and started listening again when they were talking about Andrew Jackson and slavery. We did talk about that. We talked about it for like 30 seconds. Uh, so he, he expands. This was interesting, though. They gave us a low score for having the name the Tennessee Titans because TripAdvisor research didn't pick up on the fact that we have a complete Greek Parthenon in town. So they were wondering, why the Titans? Why not the Tornadoes? <laughs> because we're not a redneck hickerbillies living in trailer park, guys, for one thing. Uh, so look, here's the thing. If TripAdvisor didn't pick up on the fact that you have a Greek Parthenon and listed five other things, one of which was the Grand Ole Opry, which seems important, but the other of which was like things surrounding the Grand Ole Opry, don't you think that your full-scale Greek Parthenon isn't that great? I mean, I've been to the actual Parthenon and was completely unimpressed. So, you know, the Acropolis itself, eh, B plus, too much hill climbing, but the Parthenon, it's kind of in ruins. So right. well, the it's fact actually that they have a replica... The Parthenon isn't really impressive because it's impressive. It's impressive because it's super old. So going to like a new version of the Parthenon is just weird. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I'm out. That, that, that doesn't make me like Nashville anymore. So we can close the book on the Titans. They did not like the podcast, but they at least listened to it. Why didn't Nashville just talk up? any and all connection they have to Taylor Swift more like that is what they should be doing. If it was the Tennessee Taylors, I would have definitely <laughs> moved them on. Oh, it would of course be the Tennessee Swifts, Joe. Well, yeah, but you got to go for the alliteration though. Oh, oh no, the Swifts, but they're Swift. It could, they're... Be, it could be Taylor Swift's head with two red lines coming out of her eyeballs. <laughs> Wait, what if they were just called the Taylor Swifts and just, just have the first NFL team that doesn't even have the city in the name? Oh my God. I would love it. Or they it. relocated the team to, like, Taylor, Tennessee. That's got to be a place. It's got to exist somewhere. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they could just rename a city Taylor, Tennessee, too. Ugh, more teams that should just be named after an actual person. I mean, like, I guess the Buffalo Bills were last week exactly that. but Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Missed opportunity. Well, whatever. They're done. They're out. They're not going to be the zombie team. I already can predict that. I, I've looked no. into the fire, no. Joe. They're not going to be it. On to the Ravens. <laughs> Poor Ravens fans who are just... Hopefully some Ravens fans just skipped ahead to this point after being bored for the first 20 minutes. Here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll timestamp it in the Reddit post. All right. I do that Tony's sometimes. draft status. The Ravens... Oh, their... now Tony comes crawling back. <laughs> Tony, unbelievable. Getting married. And, and in fact, Tony actually did send in draft feedback he just sent it after we did the episode and was oh, very too little too little too late tony oh and also said his feedback was really good and i promised to read it on this podcast but i'm not going to sorry tony <laughs> <laughs> the ravens spent their first four picks on marlon humphrey cornerback tyus bowser linebacker chris wormley defensive end and tim williams linebacker so clearly they thought they needed defensive defense help. yeah there you go most draft nicks were very surprised they got flacco no help even though steve smith retired Tory Smith signed with the Eagles, and the running back trio, Terrence West, Kenneth Dixon, Buck Allen, was not really scaring anybody. Okay, and as we'll learn later in this episode, Kenneth Dixon, 
out for the season due to some sort of horrible injury. Transactions from Superfan Sean. Ravens acquired or claimed a bunch of defensive players. Only one of note is Brandon Carr. In the draft, they also pretty much won only defense. Hey, <laughs> Superfan Sean, don't get Sean, Sean de- stay in your lane. <laughs> Sean, come on. <laughs> He last, saw an opening last week when Tony dropped the ball, yeah. and he said, I, "That's it. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna swerve a little bit over here." Yeah. No, not happening. Slam the door. And actually, some another super fan sent in the draft status in case Tony uh, wasn't there, but I ignored that. Just that's Tony's thing. All right, folks. Um, if you want a new thing, do the th- other thing where you just do an entire one through twelve. That's open. So it's open for everybody. He says, lastly, they signed Terrence West and picked up Danny Woodhead, which will make Joe happy seeing as he's an ex-Charger. I love Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Danny Woodhead. Why is he not on the Chargers anymore? Very, very smarmy guy. Is that the right adjective? What's the word I'm looking for? It depends on what, like... Shifty. Shifty. (laughs) What you're trying to describe. If you're saying that he's like a little bit like shady and like, you know, (laughs) is like kind of sleazy, then yeah. No, no, no. Shifty. All right. Anyways. Recently, they have signed Jeremy Macklin after he was dropped by the Chiefs for no reason. Oh, my God. The inner team transfers going on again in the doubleheader. Wow. This is a huge signing as he was a Chiefs number one receiver, and the Ravens desperately needed some new talent at wide receiver. They also signed a couple more cornerbacks, which is basically their biggest need this offense. One of them, Al-Hajj Shabazz. That's a cool, it's a cool name. Imagine the jersey. Plus, if he gets a pick six, you could say the other team got Shabazzed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh waived released to retired linebacker zachary Orr retired one of their defensive leaders and playmakers steve smith senior oh my god also retired that's so sad who was a major weapon a wide receiver god i love that guy lastly they had a huge loss at tight end as dennis pitta had a career ending injury and was waived oh my god dennis pitta wow oh, pitta i love that guy in fantasy yeah i mean i he was uh, you know tough guy down the middle wow Look at that. A lot of change. A lot of turnover on the uh, Also, the Steve Smith Sr. was a great fantasy player, too, because you could, like, count on him, you know, just getting, like, eight, nine points a game. I just love watching games with him. He is, like, ultimate trash talker. I mean, he yeah. would always – he was getting other people's heads. All right, Joe. We're at the, like, 50-minute mark. Let's get into this. Number one, you don't want a team that's too good or too bad. The Super Bowl odds for these Baltimore Ravens is – Thirty to one. It's a shot. Oh, yeah, that's right in the right in the the danger zone that we like. The Joe zone. Past yeah. Super Bowls two. So the Baltimore Ravens have existed for twenty one seasons, and in that time they've won two Super Bowls. In the year two thousand, they beat the New York Giants, and in twenty twelve, of course, they beat the Forty ers in the uh, New Orleans blackout game, which was amazing. They almost blew it at the end. Their over under wins this year is nine, so they are expected to be a winning team. Joe. Top, middle, or bottom third win percentage in the last 10 years? Oh, I would guess middle. Playoff wins? Top. Made the playoffs? Top. All right, Joe. You are getting a C- minus or whatever for two out of three. Joe, come on. All right, that's improvement for me. (laughs) I guess, improving over your average. They're top third all the way, and I would not be shocked... In fact, I'm almost certain that they are probably the last team in the 10 remaining that are top third for everything. Maybe the Panthers, 
Mm, yeah, maybe the Panthers. But other, otherwise, they're the top tier for everything. Win percentage, 56.2, eighth best. Playoff wins, 10. They're tied for second of any team behind the uh, the Patriots. Wow. They, they, I mean, the Ravens, as you know, I mean, in watching modern playoff history, they get to the playoffs. So in the past 10 years, they've made the playoffs six times and have 10 wins. And, of course, one of those is a Super Bowl win, so that was four wins. But, you know, this is a team that everybody is terrified of playing in the playoffs because, you know, if you remember in that Super Bowl run, the Broncos had them dead to rights, and then they right. complete that unbelievable right. pass. You know, this is just a team. It's it's kind of like the Steelers. Nobody wants to play them in the playoffs because they always – and, you know, that, that playoff run like Flacco turned in from an average quarterback to, like, the greatest quarterback of all time for four games. So – you know, this is a team that if they make the playoffs, they, you know, they're always primed for a run, which I think is, is sort of fun. And I don't think there are many uh, NFL teams like that. So, Joe, what do you think? I mean, can we comment on the fact that, you know, this team used to be the Browns, right? Yes. And I didn't realize. So, so they're only 21 years old that they've been the Ravens, right? And they won the Super Bowl in 2000. That means that they won the Super Bowl only four years after leaving Cleveland. Is that right? I think they left Cleveland, I think it's three years after. Yeah, but yes. Like, isn't that, that's just such a slap in the face to Cleveland. Like, I mean, I'm we covered about, this in the Cleveland episode, Joe, a long time ago. That was a really long time ago. But I mean, just, I guess I didn't realize how close the proximity was, or maybe we talked about it and I forgot. But like, man, if the Chargers win the Super Bowl in the next three years, I am going to be depressed about that. Don't think you have much to worry about there, Joe. I, I bet the Browns fans didn't think that either. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, if the Chargers win the Super Bowl playing in front of the, like, 25,000 fans or whatever that are going to be at the <laughs> soccer stadium, that would be amazing. Like, their playoff game is going to be at a soccer stadium with 25,000 seats. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that, that the Ravens are actually hitting a pretty good sweet spot and they're not too good or not too bad. If they won it, it would be exciting. It's been a while. Well, they don't I mean, feel they like, won in 2012. But they don't feel like a bandwagon team to me. And they're definitely not too bad. I mean, I guess you could say, like, what would be really exciting about a third win. But, you know, I think that they do feel like, you know, 30 to 1 odds is, is not like they're favored by any stretch. They're still pretty heavy underdogs. So I think it would be pretty exciting. Um, I'm going to say 7.5. All right, 7.5. So now, what do you think about the division? So we've been to this division. Wow, this is the fourth team. We're closing out this division. You gave the Steelers an eight and a half for this division. You gave the Bengals an eight and a half for this division. And you gave the Browns a seven. Now we've got extra new information. The winning percent chances based on Vegas odds. So Vegas puts these Steelers at exactly 52% likely to win the division Mm -hmm. puts the Ravens and the Bengals also at a tie at exactly 23% each to win the division and the Browns at 2% to win the division. So both the Ravens and the Bengals puncher's chance Steelers favorite, but you know, not overly. So they're just 50, 50 and the Browns, uh, you know, they're, they're just happy to be here. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think this is a good division with three competitive teams. I also think that, 
you know, if you're the Browns, you really hate the Ravens. And if you're the Steelers, I think you hate the Ravens too. I oh, guess absolutely. probably for, for the for the Bengals, they're probably the division team that the Bengals hate the least. Maybe Tony could shed light on that, but that's just my my impression of it. But I feel like there's some pretty healthy rivalries in this division, and I feel like the Ravens are are right there in the mix. They're not like the other team in the division. So I think this is a solid 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Wow. So you're giving it less than what you think of the Steelers or the Bengals. I mean, for the Steelers, the Steelers are the team in the division. All right. All right. You know what, Joe? You have your system. We just got to keep moving here. Number three, does a head coach meet a minimum threshold of competence? Who's the head coach of the Ravens, Joe, of the, the Super Bowl winning Ravens? Uh, it's a Harbaugh. It is a Harbaugh, yes. John or Jim? It is, well, it's one of them. It's John. It's John. The original, Jim. the OG Harbaugh, and the only one Wait, who's, who lasted. John was the one that was the quarterback, right, in the NFL? I think Jim was the quarterback. Whichever one, right, Jim was, because Jim played for the Chargers, and I met him. I made him a milkshake once. Yeah, no. Jim was a quarterback. I don't think. I think John was always in his brother's shadow, and then now. To be clear, that's not a euphemism for. I I actually made him a milkshake. I I worked (laughs) at a restaurant. (laughs) That's not like a code word for anything. What was the experience like? Was he nice? Yeah, he just. I was like, it was like my my like one of my first jobs. I worked at a restaurant as like a milkshake maker at this like at this like. 50s theme restaurant i had to wear like Tired a bow tie all day was making milkshakes yeah a lot of people came in for milkshakes though san diego it's fucking hot and this is like a 50s diner i had to wear like a little bow tie and everything and he came in and he sat at the counter and he ordered a milkshake and i made it for him and did he tip like, oh, you shit. like a hundred dollars no he gave a regular tip as far as i remember but like i didn't i didn't bother him either but i was like oh shit that's jim harbaugh and we had we had just signed him and this was like one of those he came at the end of his career. This was like in like the Ryan Leaf, Craig Wheelahan hangover periods. So this was like, what are we going to do at quarterback? And we had this person coming in. It was like decent, but at the end of his career, and you know that was it. But that's not John Harbaugh. That's the brother. He's done. We don't no. care about him. No, or we don't care about Jim. John Harbaugh, according to Roto World, came out of the gates as hot as any coach in NFL history, winning nine playoff games in his first five years on the job. The ninth of which was a Super Bowl title. Times have been tougher since. The Ravens have stayed competitive, but gone a fisherian 31 and 33 over the past four seasons. Not much has changed, though perhaps that's part of the problem. Slowly aging out on defense, the Ravens have been also aging up on offense, relying too much on 30-somethings like Steve Smith Jr. and Justin Forsett. Well, Steve Smith Jr. is gone. Harbaugh has recognized there's an issue, but seems unsure of how to address it other than cycling through offensive coordinators. Harbaugh's had five different offensive coordinators in the last five years. That's the sort of thing with Fisher is intimately familiar. Harbaugh obviously is no Fisher. He's racked up twice as many playoff victories in many fewer seasons. He should have the fix. 2017 would be a good time to find it. So I think Roto World is, uh, I mean, it's interesting if, if true. When I said they've got the 10 playoff wins, if that, <laughs> if, uh, that means, you know, most of those were uh, in the past. But, you know, they're, they're still high on them. They've got a number six, Joe. Wow, Rotoworld's really taking some shots at uh, Jeff Fisher in that write-up, too. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. He's not even being talked about. Uh, He's not even a coach this year, and yet they're just using his name as an adjective for mediocrity. Um, I think if we think about our test that we have been discussing of, like, 
if you could trade your current NFL coach for this coach, how many NFL teams would do it? I still think it's more than 10 teams would do it. I think it's more than 15. I think it's more than half the league would do it. I think probably he's in the top 10 of like probably there's 20 teams out there that would trade their coach for John Harbaugh. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the Washington coach for Harbaugh. I think of Harbaugh as I, I know they've rated him number six and spoiler alert, he's gonna be the lowest rated coach we're we're looking at tonight in Roto World. I think of John Harbaugh as a good, very high end of good coach, but I don't think he's great. And, you know, he's he's not as far as I see it, he's not Pete Carroll. He's not Bill Belichick. He's great. If I had a bad coach, I would trade him in an instant. But I, I think I think he, you, can, you can strive for better than John Harbaugh. But I think if you took just this like division alone, right, you would say, okay, so obviously the Steelers would, would rather have Mike Tomlin. He's not as good as Tomlin. And Roto World but puts Tomlin ahead of him. I would rather have John Harbaugh than Marvin Lewis. Yeah. I'd rather have John Harbaugh than whatever. <laughs> you have no idea who the Browns coaches. The Browns coaches. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like he's 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 in the top. He's definitely in the top half. I think top ten is is fair. So let's say seven out of ten. All right, seven out of ten. It's a fair score. He's a good coach. There's a when you're watching. To your point yeah. about like yeah. competence, you're watching Ravens game. You're not going to find too much to complain about. Okay, number four, do the players get in trouble with the law? So over the past five years, they've had 10 incidents, which is in the top third. Overall, they've had 26, which is in the middle third. I don't want to do it, Joe, but I have to because this this incident is going to weave in and out of important issues, not only in the NFL, but in the greater political world of today and we just have to look it up yes the player highlight is ray rice here's a timeline joe sit back yeah i think it's fair i'm gonna sit back and enjoy my cognac will you tell me in this february awful story. 15th of 2014 ray rice is arrested for a domestic incident and some assault at a casino on february 19th Video number one of Ray Rice dragging his then-girlfriend, now-wife, out of an elevator surfaces and is posted by TMZ. John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens at the time, says, quote, The two people obviously have a couple issues that they need to work through, and they're both committed to doing that. That was the main takeaway for me from the conversation. They understand their issues. They're getting a lot of counseling and those kind of things, so I think that's really positive. That was the main takeaway. February 22nd, the general manager says... That should not have been the main main takeaway, but okay. February 22nd, one day later, the general manager. We will allow the league to take its position before we have to take any. I'm going to reserve all my comments until we've had a chance to talk to Ray. The whole video needs to be reviewed. This is, of course, in the off-season, so... March 24th, two days later, the owner, Steve Biscotti, or Biscotti, how do you think you pronounce his name? I know he's Italian. I mean, is it like the cookie? Biscotti? Is that it? I mean, does that have an I in it? Oh, well, hold on. Let me look yeah, I'll just say quick. Steve Biscotti. I like that. I think we need to use... 
think we need need to dust off the old accent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. March 24th. Biscotti. In March 24th, the owner, Steve Biscotti, said <laughs> he's just been lauded as the nicest, hardest working, greatest guy on the team and in the community. So we have to support him. I think we'll be rewarded by him maturing and never putting himself in a situation like that again. I've been on the record saying my definition of character is repeating offenses. If we're all one strike and you're out, then we're all in trouble. It's how you respond to adversity. Okay. So that is what how the coach, general manager, and owner feel about the incident. That is based on seeing a video of Ray Rice dragging his girlfriend out of an elevator. A few months later, Ray Rice meets with the NFL, and according to many sources, Ray Rice essentially tells Roger Goodell the full truth of what happened. There are multiple corroborating sources explaining he tells Goodell the absolute truth. You know, now, of course, everybody... We all know the truth that in the elevator, he punched his girlfriend, then girlfriend, now wife at the time. But he told the NFL the full story. A month later, the NFL muses over it and suspends him for two games. There is a massive uproar, even at this time, before the video even comes out, saying two games for this because people have seen the video. And the NFL comes out and says, blah, 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 you know, we uh, we take this so seriously. We've made a new policy where all domestic incidents get six games, yada, yada, yada. But Ray Rice stays as being suspended two games. Fast forward to the season starting. On September 8th, TMZ releases the video from the elevator of Ray Rice punching his girlfriend. There is a massive uproar. And again... Remember, right. Ray Rice, not to defend him, has a, s- allegedly and, 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 and corroborated by many sources told both the NFL and the Ravens of exactly what happened. So they know exactly what happened. Uh, but the video comes out the same day the Ravens release him. The next day, the owner, Steve Biscotti, says, Yesterday morning on september 8th all of us saw the video from inside the elevator it is violent and horrifying i immediately came to the office and called a meeting with himself the gm the coach the meeting was relatively short the decision to let ray rice go was unanimous seeing that video changed everything we should have seen it earlier we should have pursued our own investigation more vigorously we didn't and we were wrong two days later the associated press reports the nfl received the elevator video in april Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, what what do you think happens at this point? Well, the NFL says, you know what? We need an independent investigation to figure out what happened. And Joe, when you need an ind- independent investigation, who do you hire? I don't know. Who do you hire? Joe, if you need an independent investigation into something, whether you're Congress, whether you're the NFL, who do you hire? I don't know. Who do you hire? Tell me. Robert Mueller. It was Mueller? The former director of the FBI was hired by the NFL to perform an independent investigation into figuring out what happened in the Ray Rice situation. That guy has a nice side gig. I know. So Mueller spends four months investigating. And what does he determine? He determines that no one at the league had received the video of Ray Rice punching his wife. 
before it was published by TMZ. However, Mueller comes out and says the NFL did a very poor job of pursuing information on the case and effectively cleared the NFL of any direct fault, but also sort of said the NFL was partially at fault for not really doing a good job of investigating the case. People uh, sort of derided Mueller for saying he was hired by the NFL to show a certain thing, and that is what he showed them. You know, they're paying him. That's what he did. People questioned how independent he actually was, which, of course, is quite sad given the current situation. But there you go. That That is the Ray Ray saga for as best as uh, as best as I can lay it out. And, and, and frankly, I mean, you can be the judge, and as that is what your role is, but obviously Ray Rice did a horrible thing, but I think uh, fault can go around many places for how they responded to it. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, this, this whole category is really not about players because, I mean, as Ray Rice is a good example, Ray Rice hasn't been on the Ravens in whatever, how many years now? Four yeah, years, three years. Yeah, he was released in the September of 2014. Right. So it's not really about the current players. It's about how the team responds to such things. And this is like the poster story for what it's like to respond badly. I mean, if you look at like the example we keep going back to, the Falcons and the Vic thing of like they had a star player. It didn't matter. You know, they dealt with it immediately and really decisively. This, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to everyone, even even if you ignore the questions about the timeline with the video. The video really shouldn't matter. You know that he knocked out his girlfriend. And the in first an video, if you watch it, it's him dragging her out of an elevator. Like it's right. it's so not he a did good something, look. Right, he did something in that elevator that caused her to be unconscious. Right. So it's like unless you think that like what the video showed is him like tickling her until well, she, she passed out. Passed out drunk or something, but no, no, but he's obviously but, drunk. But the point it's, is He's saying that he also admitted what he did. So he, he yeah, said, yeah, he yeah. Did it, right. They, they so, said all people came out and, and Ray Rice eventually sort of was exo- He was suspended by the NFL, but and they suspended him indefinitely. And he eventually won reinstatement. Ray Rice basically said, I told you the truth about what he happened. wasn't dishonest. Right. And and it's like you like threw me under the bus like. I said what happened, and, and this has been corroborated by tons of people, except for, of course, Robert Mueller, who sort of <laughs> took the NFL side. But yeah, let's not let's not besmirch Bob Mueller here. Great, we all, we all have our we all have our fingers crossed that something yeah. good is going to come from him. <laughs> all right, so look, Ray Rice is actually irrelevant to the story because you know he's not a victim here uh, in how he was treated because he doesn't matter. What matters is the Ravens really only cared when there was public outcry about it. That was yeah. it. That's the bottom line, right? They did not actually give a shit about what their player had done until there was a video, not because the video proved anything to them, but, but because the video got it got negative attention. And that's that I like look, like Ravens fans might disagree, but that is clear as day to me. That is exactly the type of thing that this category is meant to judge. So I think this has to be a zero out of ten. All right. Zero out of ten. All right. Number five, Joe. Can't root for a team that Rob roots for. Dan, what do you think? Knowing Rob, as now you do, 20, 25 teams in, I think you have as good a sense for Rob's view of the world as, as, 
as anyone. Where do you think Rob would stand on the Ravens? I think Rob probably doesn't like them, but it's it's hard to t- say. I think the Ravens, whatever they are, I, I think they'll either be high or low. I don't think they'll be in the middle. Well, Dan, the Ravens are his ninth least favorite team. <laughs> ninth from the bottom. Bottom ninth 10. least favorite team. All right. Yeah, I guess it's sort of in the middle, but that's fine. Middle range, but on the lower end. And when I asked Rob to expand on that ranking, he says, I shouldn't like the Ravens. They screwed over Cleveland, winning a Super Bowl soon after leaving. Ouch. Oh, he makes the same point. Okay. Then they stuck by Ray Lewis as he and his friends murdered someone. Uh, We didn't talk about that. No, no. Well, we we already talked about it in an earlier podcast, and I had to issue a, a correction, which is Ray Lewis was convicted of like obstructing justice but there was no he was never well the the murder charge was taken away and none none of the supposed other people were ever charged with with anything or not charged were ever convicted he continues but damn their defense was awesome for so many years ray lewis was a badass dude in college all the way through a long career same with ed reed they are both miami hurricanes and yeah, ed reed was awesome Ravens. So much fun to watch. And now they're rumored to be close to signing Colin Kaepernick, which I give them a ton of credit for. Good for them. Yeah, just just wait on that till we have the breaking news about that. P.S. Joe Flacco is the most overrated, overpaid QB ever. I'm so glad he's not the QB of my team. Well, of course you are. You have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so come on. So there you go. So Rob... Ranks him in the bottom 10, but kind of likes them. This seems very, very middle of the road to me. So I'm just going to go five out of 10. Also middle of the road. I wouldn't be necessarily rooting against Rob, but also wouldn't be rooting for a team that he roots for. All right. Five out of 10. Now for number six. Is this a city I would enjoy visiting? I did none of the research myself. I let Riley the diabetic do it for me. He said for the Ravens, I have a friend who was born there. He said going to the Inner Harbor is great. You can go to M&T Bank Stadium in a walkable distance, which works well. National Aquarium and ESPN Zone are both there, as well as quite a few unique food places. Seems unique in a place you can go for more than just a day, assuming the cops don't try to intentionally bust you for drug possession. TripAdvisor Top 10, Camden Yards, Fort McHenry National Monument, Walter's Art Museum, The Aquarium, American Visionary Art Museum, Baltimore Museum of Art, yada, yada, yada. Now, Joe, I've been to Baltimore many times when I was growing up. Yeah, I mean, you grew up fairly close to it. Well, we didn't have a baseball team back then. And little did I know it was because the uh, Peter Angelus was blocking it as the bastard he was, as the owner of the Orioles. But anytime we went to a baseball game, my dad, we would drive up to Baltimore, go to Camden Yards. We went to the Inner Harbor all the time. The aquarium there is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's a It's a very... The Inner Harbor area, Camden Yards is beautiful. I'm sure M&T Park, which I think is really near Camden Yards, you know, is, is probably pretty nice. But I would say Baltimore has uh, some rough edges to it as well. So, yeah, you know, I've been to Baltimore once. My sister went to college there. I liked it. We went to the Inner Harbor. It was great. The rest of Baltimore, you know, so I, okay, I'd watch The Wire. So I'm thinking like, okay, we're going to drive to Baltimore. We're going to see like, you know. People dealing drugs, shooting each other, whatever. It was mostly like, I mean, I mean, like, I think this is just what an American city looks like when it's dying uh, or struggling in that, like, 
there were just blocks and blocks that were deserted, like empty, like nobody living there. Mm. It was very strange. But I like Baltimore. And obviously, I think in like the vein of would I go there? Obviously, we just came back from a trip to the East Coast. Like we're going to go and visit your family. They don't live far from Baltimore. So I feel like this is a place that would be very accessible for me to go. And my one experience there I enjoyed. And I think I'd probably go back. So I'm going to rank this maybe a little high, like uh, let's say seven out of 10. Seven out of 10. Wow. You know, this is an interesting point. I didn't it just seems so strange to me that a city like Baltimore could be on the decline based on what you said, but you're exactly right. Like, I don't even understand why, what industry must've been there that, because Washington DC is so huge, but Baltimore's peak population was in 1950 at 950,000. And the population now is just a little over 600,000. So it's really declined quite a bit. That's, which is, you know, very surprising for, large cities in in the modern uh, USA, so. Well, yeah, and my whole life, I mean, living in San Diego and then, well, Boston for a little bit, but then also Seattle, like, I really only ever lived in growing cities. So to see that where it's like, oh, this block was obviously at one point populated and now just has no one in it, it's just very strange. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm surprised. Because I I know it's like Detroit and Cleveland, all cities like that, but I'm surprised. I mean, maybe Baltimore was big in, like, shipping or something that that went out but anyways whatever oh hold on hold on hold on and i'm sure i don't know if you've gotten to it yet baltimore must have had some crazy role in the civil war right being right on the border uh yeah i have no information on it joe i mean i'm sure it did it's not right on the border like washington dc was right on the border that's true i guess now it's like right on the border now the way we think of it but like back then without cars it's like not quite right on the border yeah. I mean, one of the things that's interesting about the Civil War is, like, if troops needed to go, like, 100 miles, you had to, like, get an entire army of troops to march 100 miles together and, like, set up camps along the way. It's just, You know, it's a big hassle. No, it's true. Now we're like, oh, it's right on the border. And, and back then they're like, oh, it's only a three days journey from the border. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Move along. Number seven. Does a team of player players you can put on the fantasy roster? So, as... Per requested, Superfan Sean, or so Superfan Sean did all the rankings as he did last time. But then apparently he says, as per requested, he went on to rate all the players' looks. I mean, I have no idea if you yes. mentioned that. <laughs> but Superfan Sean said he he was rating the looks himself. But then his girlfriend came in and she was very interested in doing it. So I, for every player on both the Ravens. And the Chiefs, I'm going to give you their fantasy outlook and their attractiveness from his girlfriend, who, and he was very upset that he wasn't invited to Superfan Tony's Hawaiian wedding because apparently Superfan Sean lives in Hawaii and his girlfriend is Hawaiian and she is named Kauoliko Kalani. And here, here we go. Quarterback, Joe Flacco, didn't do too well on fantasy and... With a lack of major offensive transactions, I expect he'll have another mundane QB2 season. Not worth picking up unless you need a waiver wire QB. Update. Flacco is going to miss three to six weeks, which might impact his ability during the beginning of the season as it will take longer to build relationships with his new wide receivers, but he should be ready for week one of the regular season, barring further injury or slow recovery time. Looks. He looks like he has eyeliner on 24-7. 
He looks like someone who sings in an alternative band. He looks like he has spent a lot of time on a yacht and wears flip-flops. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Those seem like incompatible things. <laughs> they really do. I mean, I think the uh, common thing with Joe Flacco is he looks like, uh, what's that character? What's that? Ernie? Yeah, Ernie and Bert. He looks like Bert with his um, eyebrows. Wide receiver, Mike Wallace. Dude is good. I followed his talents in the league as he went from Steelers to the Finns and now the Ravens. He's always been one that's fun to watch. He finished last season as a number 25 wide receiver, making him wide receiver two, and will be battling for the number one wide receiver position with the newly acquired Jeremy Macklin, but will probably win the spot due to having more experience with Flacco. I mean, what difference does it make if he's going to be on the one field? One or two, right. Yeah, yeah. He, they're always going to be on the field. Anyways, attractiveness. I mean- in those, in those infamous one-receiver sets that everyone runs in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. it makes a big difference now. Yeah. I mean, it does happen occasionally, but yeah. His forehead is very rectangular, and he's got dad eyes. I do like his faux hawk. Yeah. What, faux are, hawk is what, are, what are dad eyes? Is that just looking exhausted all the time? Yeah, I don't know. You, whatever your eyes are. <laughs> Jeremy Macklin. With Macklin's means, injury. It means that the, the, that the fire of life has escaped from them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. Jeremy Macklin, with Macklin's injury and a clear career low last season, some people are low on him and worried he will not be able to bounce back. If he falls yep. to the right spot, he could be a worthy investment, seeing as he will be a major talent on the Ravens with a lot of time to recover. I'd say he's also wide receiver three with wide receiver two potential. He's so cute. I love his dimples. I feel like he could be turned into a type of Ken doll. Hmm. All right. There you go. Love it. Tight end, don't bother. After Pitta was injured, this team's going to have to wait a couple years until they have a fantasy-relevant tight end again. Running back, Terrence West, will probably be the starting running back in terms of running, but in a PPR league, might not do so well. Finished last year as a running back two or running back three, ranked number 24. He'll probably drop in the fantasy draft, as Woodhead will steal some carries and some snaps. Last season, rookie Kenneth Dixon stole some carries late in the season, but as we have learned from his update, Kenneth Dixon out for the year with some sort of leg injury so screw that terrence west this guy looks like a big teddy bear the kind of guy where if he gave you a hug you'd smile speaking of smiles his is fantastic very kind looking man all right there you go danny woodhead was acquired this offseason has been rumored he is looking fantastic in camp and is meshing well with flacco will be a nice addition in ppr leagues oh joe that's good for you Looks, 12-year-old looking guy who probably wears a lot of DC shirts and still uses Proactive and uses Axe deodorant. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Anyways, uh, Kenneth Dixon, we're skipping over him because he's out for the year. So that's it. Defense. The Ravens defense ranked 7th in points last year and with their offseason acquisitions, and we know in their draft, they just drafted all defense. I wouldn't be surprised if it got better. The Ravens defense might be a steal. All right. Now, this is for kicker. Normally, I wouldn't talk about it, but actually, go ahead and give me shit for talking about kickers, but you can't give me shit for talking about Justin Tucker. He's the Aaron Rodgers of kickers in the league right now. The dude doesn't miss. He's fantastic and finished number two in points last year by two points to Matt Bryant. Uh, he was a beast. He went 39 out of 40 last year and was 10 for 10 from 50-plus yards. And the looks, when I see his NFL profile picture, I get the same feelings I get when I look at Sam Bradford's, like he's watching me. All right, well, that's not really about his looks. <laughs> but anyways, that's true. Justin Tucker, is he's he's a top, like, three Man, I am worried about being kicker. in a fantasy league with Sean. That guy knows his kickers. Yeah, but if you uh, beat him, Joe, aren't you going to feel so good? Yeah, but that's a, big, that's a big if, Dan. Yeah. I think the Ravens, first of all, love the rankings. 
Love to get the color commentary of the player's looks. Totally vital. I like the fact that I could draft the defense. I do agree that Danny Woodhead is a really fun player to have in PPR and could be a steal. But, I mean, Dan, maybe, like, correct me if I'm wrong here. Most of this seems like we're talking about players that are, like, on the margins of a fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely. You're not talking about any great players. And it's not like a team that's, like, stacked. Even, like, other teams we've talked about that are, like, stacked with mediocre players. We're like, oh, man, like, you're going to end up with someone like the Redskins are, are like, a so, good example. So, by DVOA, they had the 24th best offense. Right. So, this is a team that, that right, right, essentially right. Yeah. had nothing going for it last year. Right. Like, there's, like, other teams where you say, like, well, you're not going to get a superstar, but it's it's pretty easy to imagine that you'll have someone from this team. This, you... It would be a stretch, but they exist out there. But I think this is uh, maybe a three and a half out of ten. I mean, their kicker honestly might be the best fantasy relevant player. Their kicker in their yeah. defense, which uh, you know isn't isn't which so isn't great. bad. Yeah, yeah, it's something, something. The kicker will be owned, and the defense right. will be owned. Three and a half, Dan. Number eight, Joe is the owner a monster? So the owner is Steve Biscotti who bought the team in 2004, though before he bought the team fully, he was a 49% owner. He bought the rest of the team from Art Modell, very famous in the D.C. sports area. Net worth, $3.3 billion. Now, Joe, I have oh so little research on him. I have essentially nothing because I ran out of time. But here's what I can tell you about what he said about signing Colin Kaepernick today. Quote, I hope we do what's best for the team and balance that with what's best for our fans. Your opinions matter to us. We're very sensitive to it and we're monitoring it and we're still, as Ozzy says, the GM, scrimmaging it and we're trying to figure out what's the right tact. So pray for us when it comes to signing Colin Kaepernick. (laughs) That is the statement. Pray for him so he can figure out if he has the strength to sign a guy who's only problem is that he kneeled for the national anthem and won't do it anymore and who very well might be better than joe flacco and joe flacco is going to be out for some time yeah i mean i think joe flacco is going to be back by the regular season if superfan sean's uh scouting report is to be believed but they obviously i mean he's not gonna they're gonna need somebody to play the preseason and i don't know who their backup quarterback is so yeah i mean it's interesting um I mean, this guy, he didn't inherit the team, so he, like, made his own money. He wasn't involved with the group that moved the team. No. And from what I can tell, he is, like, a Baltimore local. So this is his team. Yes, yes. Um, So other than the, like, Kaepernick stuff, which I don't like that he's even questioning it, like, they should just sign him, there are 31 other teams that haven't signed him. Yeah. And it's stupid that no one signed him. So at least they are considering it. Yeah. Uh, but this guy doesn't seem like a monster. He seems all right. Let's do a six out of 10. Six out of 10. Yeah. He, both he and uh, the owner we'll get to in the second half of the doubleheader are, I would say among the, the blander owners that you get to very short Wikipedia pages, not much action. Now the father of the, well, we'll get to that when we get to that. But anyways, number nine, Rate the uniform and the logo. So, as we know, they're the Ravens. And how did they get the name? Well, the Ravens is a reference to Edgar Allan Poe's famous poem, 
It beat out the Americans and the Marauders in a contest conducted by the Baltimore Sun. And Poe died and is buried in Baltimore, as you mentioned. Of the more than 33,000 voters in the Baltimore Sun's phone-in poll, more than 21,000 picked the Ravens. It gives us a strong nickname that is not common to teams at any level and gives us one that means something historically and to this community, said the team owner Art Modell at the time. So there you go. They uh, they considered other nicknames, but, you know, they picked the Ravens. I think it fits. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I like Ravens. Well, so, okay, first of all, I think we can all agree that a Raven would probably get its ass kicked by a lot of the birds we've talked about. Are the Ravens the one that are really smart? Oh, no, no, I think that's crows. Crows are really smart. No, I think both. I think that, um, I think Ravens and crows are both really smart. I think crows are the ones you're thinking of that like crows have like really good memories. No, well, but crows I think are Ravens, like really good. I think Ravens are also very smart birds. But I like the fact that it's a literary reference. But also, I just really like the uniforms. I like purple. I think purple is kind of like dark purple is kind of like a badass color. And like, Dan, like, I don't know if you've looked it up, but if you look at their color rush uniform, it's hard not to think that those are like just really badass. Wow, with the dark purple? Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool, right? That's nice. But I do think, I mean, I agree with the sentiment behind choosing the Raven as a logo. It's super unique. I mean, the Baltimore Americans would have been a terrible choice. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That's just stupid. And Marauders would have been a third pirate and like I think the least of the three. Uh, no, Ravens is a great choice. Yes, it might, might not be the strongest bird, but I think it's smart. And I think that it looks really cool. And I like that it's like a, like, like a literary reference. It's shifty. And it's, it's shifty. It, it, it is. It's shifty. I mean, it's, it's got to be. It's, it's got to be the shiftiest bird. That's yeah, farmy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a shifty bird. I like it. I've been thinking a lot about this, right? You know, Dan, I mean, you know, I try not to think about these beforehand, but I, I just really like the Ravens uniform. Nine out of 10. Wow. Nine out of 10, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Number 10. Do they play a style of play you'd enjoy watching? Uh, so last year in DVOA, they were ninth overall. They were the sixth best defense, but only the 24th best offense. And, um, you know, based on, I really didn't watch many Ravens games last year, but based on what I know about the Ravens, they, you know, what I've seen about them in the playoffs, always great defense, very tough defense. And Joe Flacco just airs the ball out deep. And sometimes Torrey Smith or whatever caught it and they gained 80 yards and then sometimes they didn't catch it. But that seemed to be their offense back in the day was running the ball, throwing it deep. And last year, based on the fact that their rating is so poor and that they didn't do very well, I'm guessing some aspect of that stopped working. This seems like a team that definitely could have used an offensive overhaul, but just didn't get one this year because they felt like they needed to concentrate on defense. And that can be fairly painful to watch. I mean, I know some of those, well, I mean, the Ravens Super Bowl winning teams, I I would say both of them were more noted for their defenses than their offenses for sure. So it's not like it can't be a winning recipe, but it may, may not be the most exciting style of play to watch unless your defense is really, really good. And I don't think that anyone's saying that they have the first or second best defense in the league right now. Yeah. So this does seem like a tougher style of play, but um, you know, I do like the idea that there is a brand to Ravens style football. Like you think of a team 
that has a really strong defense. And at least in terms of their draft and their offseason signings, it seems like they haven't moved away from that either. So yeah, uh, I'll give them points for distinctiveness. So let's just say a five and a half out of 10. Five and a half. It is actually interesting that they did in the offseason, you know, their defense last year, sixth best in the league, pretty good. And their offense was terrible. And yet, they were just invested in defense because it is sort yeah. of their identity, which is but it's their know. brand. Yeah, yeah, but, I like that. Right, right. I like teams that actually have some distinctive style. Yeah, like you tune in every year, and when you see the Ravens, you know what you're going to get. Right. All right. What is unique about the fan base? Well, I have no idea, Joe. Uh, you know, they're like about neutral for TV ratings. I guess they're in the high end of. Uh, average but you know they're not the most watched team's good i don't know this is gonna be hard for me to rank dan (laughs) sorry (laughs) this is gonna be this is gonna be really uh this is one of the categories that when the super fans pick the teams they really are gonna like nail this they're gonna figure out things that are actually interesting about the fan base you're really you're really not doing me any favors here dan well okay okay let's just say this yeah you figure it out joe well I mean, I didn't know I was going to do my own research here, Dan. Come on. Look, what do we know about Ravens fans? Let's think about it, Dan. They live in Baltimore. They are mediocre when it comes to their reach. They they could be fans of the Washington Football Club, which has been around longer. Yeah, but they chose, But they chose to be fans of the Ravens. So they identify with Baltimore in some way. The other thing that we know about them, look, is you didn't have to do research for the Steelers because you know about the Steeler fans. Yeah. Because you know about the towel, right? They, they, don't, they don't have a thing. No. They don't have a thing that is nationally known. You, didn't, you, you know, Green Bay, we could talk about Green Bay fans. You know, it's, it's owned by the city, the cheeseheads, cheese whatever. Yeah. Right, like... Like they, they don't, the Ravens don't have a distinctive thing, but I do definitely think of Ravens fans as fans that travel. I've seen Ravens like hats and jerseys around. And I do think that like, when you think about the other teams that are about as old as the Ravens, like the Jaguars, like the Titans, they do seem to have, and maybe this is just a total like outsider perspective. Maybe this is not, not true at all, but it's just my impression of it. They seem to have a more defined fan base than some of the other newer franchises. Yeah. No, no, I think that's fair. I mean, they've won two Super Bowls, so I think it's like, and they've been really good. Right. Right. So I'm going to be a little bit, and I think Baltimore is a bigger city than Jacksonville too. Right. So, Okay. So I'm going to be a little bit generous here based on the fact that you didn't know research and I'll say a five and a half out of 10. And really, I still did a lot of research, Joe. So this is just the end is getting close, Joe. I'm really starting to phone it in now. It's great. All right. Five and a half. Number 12, Joe, what do you think about the drink? What do you think about that cognac? I like it. Dan, are you a big cognac drinker? I mean, I know you're not drinking it tonight, but what's your life experience with cognac? I've drank cognac before. I've enjoyed it. But I can't say I, 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 the number of times I've consumed it could easily fit on one hand. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels to me like a very nice after-dinner drink. I mean, I can see like sitting in like a nice, 
den or library with a cigar sipping this. Uh, it is sweet, a little bit oaky. <laughs> Overall, I like it. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. All right. All right, Joe. I've done the tabulations, hopefully correctly. If not, Riley will double check it. But I've totaled the Ravens for those, up for to... For those of you scoring at home. Yeah, for those of you scoring at home. 72, Joe. 72, which uh, is way in the maybe range. So there's no team... Set, the lowest no is the Cardinals at 69 and a half. And, you know, every other team, even near it, is, you know, the Saints and Texans at 68 and 69 uh, are maybes, you know, Eagles 71 and a half, Seahawks 72. So this feels squarely in the maybe zone, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I will say that I feel like the Ravens weren't um, other than the uniform and the logo, there is nothing that we felt super strongly about with the Ravens in the positive way. I mean, you know, they got a zero too. So, um, you know, they kind of got there, I think with a lot of mediocre to high, like, you know, mid range high, like six and seven scores, but I think they earned their spot in the sweet 16 for sure. Yeah, look, Six and seven is pretty good. Joe. You know, last week, neither of the teams moved yeah. forward. It was pretty depressing, so. Move right. the Ravens on. They're moving on. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm not going to use that sound effect. That's, that's, that's the moving on sound effect now? <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that in. That's great. Blah, blah, blah. That's okay. Podcasting gold. <laughs> there you go. They're moving on. All right. Who needs a who needs a soundboard? You're like you're you're like that guy from uh, from Police Academy. <laughs> okay, that's it. Ravens moving on. Send in your feedback and all of that thing we said at the beginning. If you want to volunteer to do whatever the hell we said, send it to NFL at JoePickspot.com. You know, super fans, you know where to go. You know what to do. Please do the work for me on those bad teams. Anyways, until uh, the second half of and, this doubleheader, Joe. And Dan, no no obvious poll question coming out of that. Yeah, no poll question. I mean, unless you, got, unless you got one in there. No, we'll get into it in the second half. All right. See you, Joe. See you, Dan. See you, Dan.